the express. What's going on, everybody? It's Mason here from the express. Um, today we are going to talk about your purpose and kind of your calling and what does your purpose mean for you and how does that kind of change over your life? Uh, we're going to talk about sports. We are going to talk about how failure impacts your daily life and kind of the response that people have to failure and the good and pros and cons that come with that. Um, we're going to talk about social media. We're going to talk about mental health for men. Overall, we're just going to have a lot of um, kind of roundtable discussions on these topics. So when Dansby said he wanted to talk about purpose, um, I guess it was two weeks ago, I joined your parents' Bible study and your dad was kind of talking about purpose. Um, it was like driven towards uh, millennials and like, I guess the generation above us trying to understand millennials in the workforce and like just how we react to certain situations and why we think the way we do and why we act the way we do. And then it kind of turned into, um, I kind of led most of the conversation, the, the people on there necessarily, they weren't the most, um, talkative at the time, I guess it was probably like six of us on there. Um, and I ended up leading the conversation. It kind of turned to like, what is your purpose? And then he started talking about the podcast and how we talk a lot about the past and, uh, not necessarily the future and stuff like that. And we were talking about purpose and purpose is one of those things to me that it goes back to kind of what we're talking about. Like it's hard to figure out your purpose sometimes. Like for, I think for some people, like, I mean, yeah, <clears throat> you definitely have like people where they just like very naturally find it and can find it at a young age. But like, I think for the majority of us, it's just like being open to trying new stuff, bro. Cause like you really like, don't know until you just start like like bro like stuff i'm doing right now i had no idea like i was gonna like fall in love with it this much you know what i'm saying like and that was even like dansby like asking me to do a forum like i didn't even like seek this one out you know it kind of just came to me so like well uh, what i was gonna say is on top of that you know me and uh dansby's parents we kind of got to this conclusion that our, and uh, you two will definitely agree to this. And I think most people listening to our podcast will agree with this. Our purpose, our largest purpose in life is, you know, to serve the Lord and, and to serve um, the creator of all and to do his purpose for us. Like he's already laid out your purpose, right? But then I guess the, where the conversation to me got interesting is, so that's my purpose, right? My purpose is to live the most Christ-like life and to, to be a good person and to help other people where I can. And to, for me, it's like a, I don't know, it's like a subcategory, right? So my purpose is to be the best person that I possibly can for him. But my purpose as far as like what I do in life is I'm a teacher, right? So my way of getting his message out is through impacting kids through education. And I think that's where the, so I think people can say, yes, you know, my purpose is to be a good human being to, um, you know, to work in his name and all of that. But I think people struggle of finding their sub purpose within that. Yeah. Uh, like, kind of like their outlet. Yeah. Yeah. For, for doing that. Yeah. Yeah, well, and I think the way you summed it up is, is we're all created to do the same thing in, in this spectrum. We're all created, you know, in the image of God. Right. And we're all created to serve not only him 
faithfully and to kind of, you know, follow Jesus and, you know, the way to the fathers through Jesus. Right. And so that's, that's our purpose. Like our purpose is to love one another, right? Like the, the love your neighbor, you know, and love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Like that is very, you know, well written in the Bible. But they like said, most people can struggle with what is my purpose of what I am actually doing on this earth? Cause that's a, that's a daily thing, right? That's a daily decision to love other people. It's a daily decision, um, you know, to be respectful and to serve, you know, the Lord. But what in that is kind of like your purpose. And I think so many times the reason why people struggle with that is because we are really good at listening to the noise and everything outside. And we never truly spend time with ourselves to say, what does Dansby Swanson feel that his purpose is for his life? And, you know, we've mentioned multiple times in the podcast and I'm going to keep hammering at home. Like the first place to start is spending time with just yourself in silence and really hashing out things to say, okay, God made me, let's just say like, for instance, God made me creative. He made me funny. Like these aren't mine, but God made me creative. He made me funny. He made me, uh, independent, like he made me these things and he instilled these qualities in me. How can I use those then to impact the world around me? And to understand yourself is number one, because you can't then become the best version of yourself if you don't know who your true self is to begin with. Right. And I think that so many times we look past that and we don't actually teach kids uh, or teach anyone to look at themselves and say, man, you are so great at these few things. Let's focus on those and see what we can grow out of that. You know what I mean? Like if you go plant, uh, you know, corn and tomatoes in the backyard, they're not going to try and be a, a blueberries and strawberries. Mm-hmm. Right. They are planted and cultivated to be what they are called to be. Right. And like so many times we will plant this seed in hopes that it grows up to be corn, but yet our actions and what we're trying to be is actually blueberries, right? So like, how are you ever going to reach that purpose if you're not actually doing the things that God gave you to do, right? And so like, I always tell people, if you aren't being true to who you are, you're doing a disservice to the world because God gave you certain qualities. And if you're not using those, then the world is missing a piece because you are acting and behaving on who God made you to be. Uh, and I, I believe that wholeheartedly. And I think that sometimes we, we just have such a struggle finding that. Whereas if we really look at ourselves and we start to act on that, then we become fulfilled in every little thing of life. No, I agree with that. The other thing I was going to say um, is, you know, I, I love the example of you're planting, you know, you plant this seed and you want it to grow to be corn but the actions and like the way you take care of the seed, like it's actually turning to be a blueberry, right? What is it to be said for, you know, I think part of the struggle is, and we talked about this last week with Kyle of trying to be something you're not and trying to fight against the grain, you know, when you're getting pulled out in the tide and you're trying to fight against it, it's real hard. But when you go with it and you swim parallel, you find yourself, you got a chance. I think a lot of it too is you have people who are trying to be things that are not their strength, right? And that ends up hindering them. Like a strength of mine would be 
uh, public speaking, it would be, you know, obviously I'm a coach, so I have the coaching aspect. I can, I would like to say I have the ability to be organized and like control people. Well, so I got to go, okay, these are my strengths. How can I use that to get my purpose from him across to these people? Which for you, Mitch, obviously you're like, what you're good at is creativity. Like that's your number one thing. And so I think for you and I think, and this is like, honestly, like examining you as a person, bro, you've grown so much because you have blossomed in this creativity avenue. And it's like, I, I just feel like you've reached so many people. And you can see that with all things low and the people reaching back to you. And I mean, if you want to speak on that. Yeah, bro. Like, well, it kind of goes back to what Dan's I think said earlier about like, you just got to like buy in, like, if you're not sold on what you're doing, like, and I think Kyle touched on this last week, like if it's not your passion, if you know, it's not for you, like it's going to fizzle out. Like Mm -hmm. it'll expose itself. Yeah. Like you see people that, you know, think their purpose is to go out and get money and get money, get money. And then they get millions of dollars and like, they're still not living a purposeful life and they, and they're still looking for something, the money, they have as much money as they want, but still looking to something to like, make them feel like they're doing some some good so i think it's just like being able to find your outlet like mason has teaching dansby is able to use his platform with baseball and everything and that for me i get to like put some good messages on shirts and just try to like impact that way um but it's just crazy like just being where i'm at now and then looking back you know like two years ago three years ago whatever when dansby asked me to do it and then like just even from the start of this year to now, like the progress. Cause like, I've really tried to devote, like go all in, you know what I'm saying? Like stop half-assing, like really focus on the details, do the little stuff. And it goes back to those small victories, you know what I'm saying? So I'd say like a lot of it for me is just buying into the process, bro. Like in not being scared for what God has called you to do. He, everyone's here to do like, big, big things. And uh, I think a lot of people talk themselves out of it, whether it be like fears or rejection or whatever, whatever. But I think a lot of people know what they can do and then they talk themselves out of it and they never get to, you know, where they want to be. Yeah. What was the, remember that quote that I sent y'all? It's like, uh, you know, the, the coach Carter where it's like, uh, our fear is not that we're inadequate. Our fear is that we're powerful beyond measure. And I think that, uh, and, and to me, it's so like the way I sum it up in my head and what has given me so much freedom the past month or so since I've really been diving into like connecting with who I truly am and who God made, to be, made me to be is like my focus now isn't living my life and who I am to the standards of what the world says. Like I don't live my life based on what earthly standards are you know like I live my life calling like I live my life calling being who God made me to be and by doing that I am honoring him and that's all that matters for me right like and I'd say someone doesn't understand it because of their own perception of like the earthliness then that's like I'm okay with that because I'm living for something like a higher calling you know me and Mal talk about that all the time it's like living your life for a higher calling allows you so much freedom and liberation from being scared of what people think about you or scared of failure. Because like, what is failure then? 
if you are if you're trying to do your best to become the best version of yourself for something greater than yourself or the people around you. Yeah, I, you know, failure's got to be a stepping stone. I think that's the biggest thing to look at it. And when you start, I, I've kind of been doing this too, where um, I forget when we were at your house, but you and I had that uh, talk about the Bible and stuff and how you read a chapter. So I started and I actually talked to Mitch about it uh, before he left on his little trip, but um, just kind of diving into a, you know, a chapter a day. And I've found myself like, in the very beginning, I was like, okay, I got to get my, I got to get my chapter in. Like it was like on my to-do list. And now it's honestly that quiet time with myself, or even if it's Lexi and we're both doing our, our work in the Bible, it's probably my favorite time of the day because you really get to be by yourself and you get to read these, uh, messages and you get to read these stories. And then to me, I don't know if I've just been on a roll, but it's been like clicking. Just every day, I'm like, oh, I could use this or this, how I could do it. And then you find parts in your day where you're like, oh, this is what I like. This is what he was talking about. And you have, and you can use what I've been using, what I've read, and the lessons I've learned to like implement that. Which I don't think I've ever consistently done that at the time I'm doing it now. But like that is just just a big part of it for myself as well. Well, I think it goes to like kind of like reprogramming your mind i know we've touched on it before but like like instead of saying like i have to do this i get to. i get to yeah and like i mean it's tough for everybody especially with as much distraction as much noise and like you hear you know i saw a quote it was like you know for all the overnight successes that you see like you didn't see the years that led up to that overnight success bro like mm-hmm. it looks like it happened overnight but they've been working yeah. on that thing for years bro um and like your brain is like, it, it wants to, you know, make you feel safe. Like it's programmed or whatever to be like a defense to keep you alive. So it's whenever you start going out and getting out of your comfort zone or, you know, taking these jumps, your brain tells you like, Hey, hey, hey let's dial that back. Off. Yeah. Let's dial that back. So we can, you know, we're fine here, you know? So it's like almost like reprogramming your brain to be like, no, we're going to take this jump because at the end of the day, you know, it might, you know, it's going to, it's going to do me better in the long run. Um, but it's, it's a process, bro. Like you got to like really like work on it every single day, having that time by yourself, like doing the certain type of exercises to like meditation and positive affirmations and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And that, and that's something that like I've, very much come to understand and realize is, is you know, reading through the Bible and, and really diving into Jesus's life and who he was. And I mean, the guy was perfect, obviously, you know, we all know that, but his ability to, cause I mean, he was in human form, right? You know, he was God in human form and he showed us how to live out our purpose. Like, so faithfully because every decision that he made was for his ultimate purpose of being crucified and defeating death and raising again after three days. And like, you know, people would always say that, well, if you know, when you're on the cross, well, if you're God, like you could save yourself. Right. But they didn't understand that that wasn't the purpose. The purpose wasn't to live. The purpose was to die, but also live again. And I think sometimes that we go throughout our days and, if our purpose is, you know, to, you know, like for Mason, if your purpose is to teach 
and to, you know, help kids, it's very easy for one day where you just don't feel like it or whatever. And you can say, I'm going to sit this one out today. Whereas that's not truly like serving, you know, what you were created to do. And we all, we, we know, okay. Like we have the little voice inside of us that tells us what the right things to do are. And the more that we can listen to that and, and act upon, you know, that voice, which I feel like is kind of God's voice saying, Hey, this is what you need to do. The more often that we can follow that, I can guarantee you that your life will start to change because you're going to start to do things that are fulfilling to who you are. And the thing is, it doesn't matter if someone else thinks differently because that's not like you are not them. And so when you are starting to, like I said earlier, when you're starting to live your life to a higher calling, then the failure, you're not scared of that because guess what? That doesn't have any impact on why I'm doing this. That's zero. Zero impact, because if I'm living for that and, and holding myself accountable for that, then everything else that happens on this earth, like in my walk, doesn't impact me, right? Like it shouldn't, it shouldn't waver my faith. It shouldn't waver my belief in myself because I'm doing it for something that's between me and, you know, the good Lord above, not between me and what Joshua down the street thinks. Yeah. But it's just where we're at now with our phones and everything, bro. Like everyone just cares so much about what other people think. And it's got to be like to a point where you got to be tired of the BS, bro. And like, actually, like, I want to change this for me and I want to live my best life, not Joe Schmo's best life or what he what, thinks my best life should be. And what people need to realize again is that whatever is on this thing for social media is an absolute highlight reel of what their life is, okay? So if you're gonna compare yourself to someone else's highlight reel, then that's gonna do you a disservice. It's gonna make you feel bad about yourself, think I'm not attractive, thinking in order to be in shape, I have to have you know a 30 pack abs and ripped biceps by doing band workouts. Like, that's not real, you know? So the more that you can find the comfort within yourself to be who you are, things will flourish because Social media is the root of all evil when it comes to um, becoming your best self. Now, that's why we do what we do also, you know, with all things on this podcast, because we're trying to give people that voice that says, listen, you are who you are, and you can make changes with who you are by how you see fit. It doesn't matter what your parents think. doesn't matter what your boyfriend thinks. doesn't matter what your, you know, significant other thinks. Now, if they're the person for you, then they're obviously going to help you cultivate those changes within yourself, right? But the more that we can really dive into who we are and be that person, it's, it's amazing. Like I, I, mean, I said this to Kyle last week. Me being myself, like I'm tired at the end of every day because I have long days and, you know, the days at the field are long and tiring, but I'm not exhausted from being me. Like it's not tiring being me. It's really exhausting when you're trying to be someone else and always please everybody else around you. Because I know when I'm convicted in who I am that everyone else around me is going to love that person. You know what I'm saying? So like I have the confidence to be that person and I've seen it absolutely change my world over the last, you know, month, month and a half. And I'd say, but going on that is like you worked at it. You know what I'm saying? Like I remember some low lows when we were going through it, you know, beginning of your career and everything. And like, just the transformation you've made in yourself from then till now. Like, I know if you had some struggles at the plate or whatever, like that's not going to deter you from 
where you ultimately are going or where you want to be. You know what I'm saying? Right. Which it did then. I mean, whether right. you want to call it mentally weak or whatever, but like I was, I got knocked so far back. Like I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to turn to. And I didn't realize who I was anymore, you know? And so, and that's a scary feeling. Like right. I developed stress. I developed anxiety. I developed things that like I wasn't sleeping. You know, it was, it was not a fun time. But that has all led me to be here, and it's allowed me to cope better with the things that go on in daily life. And, you know, it's a testament, I think, to the habits and routines that we've discussed plenty of times on here. But, uh, you know, setting myself up for success each day from the scripture, from the meditation, from the journaling, those things are like my absolute must in order for my day, like for me to be equipped for my day. Like the easiest analogy that I can give is, if you're about to go run a hundred meter race, you don't just walk out on the track and sprint. Like you do an extensive warm up to set yourself up to be successful in that race. Well, if our race is today, this 24 hours, well, I need to do the prep work in the morning before I have my day. That's going to allow me to run that race successfully. Like, you know, like it just blows my mind that I wouldn't do that before. Because right. now, being on a good morning routine, a night routine, I can be successful in my day because I have prepped for it mentally. You know, because if something comes my way, I can just brush it off and handle it and be as centered and middle and not like ride these waves, which right. is what I was doing. How, um, so a big part of what we're talking about is, I would say, our ability to handle failure. Um, and failure comes on all different levels, right? Failure for you could be maybe a tough night at the dish or a couple ground balls eat you up, whatever you, whatever your definition of failure is, right? Everyone's got a different definition. Definition of failure for me could be, I don't know. I, uh, think I'm going to do something. I'm I have this lecture. It doesn't go well. I don't feel like I reach them. Like I want failure for Mitch could be, he has this dope shirt design. It just doesn't come for him on the paper or the, you know, the overall design doesn't look like he wants to. How do we, number one, how do you look at failure? I think how you look at failure says a lot about you. Uh, I think if you look at failure as a end all be all as a, you know, just, it's going to knock you down. It's going to take you out. Like your dad said, you know, if you haven't failed at anything, you probably achieved nothing, nothing. Because there's just no way, like, no, it's very rare cases that you just go along your day or go, go along your mission and you're successful at everything that you do. Yeah. Nothing bad happens. Like there's, that's why I kind of, that's kind of why I love teaching because I know when I walk in that door at seven thirty, whatever I have planned will be out the window by seven thirty five. Like it's gone and it's showtime and I'm calling on the run and we're on the fly and I love it. But how do you all view failure? It definitely sucks when it happens. Like, I don't think that it shouldn't be like, in my opinion, you shouldn't, you know, just act like it never happened and then just move on. Like, if anything, you need to know that it happened. Focus on, you know, what led to why that happened. And then how do you make sure that that doesn't happen again? Like, and it's like, I mean, I've had some shirts drop on my, oh, these are about to be bangers and like, 
they aren't. And then I look back and I'm like, oh man, that sucks. So like, what do I need to do to like refocus on what my, what the message I want to get across was and maybe deliver it in a different means, you know? So I would say just like acknowledging that it happened, focus on why it happened and then how to not make that exact mistake again and learn from it. Yeah. I, I think, and maybe I'll kind of do this like approach in a little bit of a different way. So if you ask what failure is, it's almost like, well, what is success? Right. Exactly. Um, and so for me, and it's almost like I'm beating a dead horse here, but when we talk about success, it's a quote that I've always used and it's made more and more and more sense, but success is having the will, determination and courage to be who you believe you're meant to be. Right. And if that's how we're measuring up our definition of success, then that is going to free us up to make decisions each day to become that person. Right. We can choose to be who we are called to be. And if we are not choosing things that are allowing us to be that person, then that would be failure. And I think that when we talk about failure, oftentimes people think that like failure is like you're like all of a sudden a smaller person and that you should like cower. Well, like failure to me is just a, it's a way it's like, it's almost like you're receiving information back saying that's not right you need to do X, Y, and Z better, or you need to make better decisions. Uh, you know, you need to do things that are going to lead you to be that person, right? But I, I will say too, like Mitch said, we're gonna fail. Like it's bound to happen. And if you're not, then you aren't achieving anything either. So when we fail, we also need to keep in mind how important it is to be gentle with ourselves which is something that i'm having to be really big on because i'm a, a perfectionist so when i fail i'm like why did you know i'll go like three for four it's like man that one like why didn't i you know like should have gotten hit and then you start to realize say no like i don't have to be perfect right like i can be gentle with myself and say man look i got three hits today you know if i, I had one bad a bad great whatever but when we start to just let that failure define who we are, then we start to only see, you know, the negative things of life, which aren't going to lead us anywhere either. So my advice would be, I'm not saying that that version of success is for everybody. You know, people have their other twists, but I do think success needs to be tied more around who you are than the actual results of whatever occupation that you have. Like I'm not a failure of a person. If I go for four, that would be silly to think of. You're not a terrible person if you didn't sell a car today. You know, Mason, your lesson may not have gone how you wanted to, but that doesn't make you a bad person. Maybe you just had the wrong lesson plan for the day, right? And so I think so many times we can intertwine the two of success in my job versus me as a person. And I think that the success in your job comes from being your better, you know, your best self. And I think that that's the scary part because people say, well, what if I'm not enough? I promise you, like, I promise you, God made you in his image. You are more than enough. He has equipped you with more than enough to handle the situations that are thrown at you. Bar none. On a daily, he, on, a he daily wouldn't. on failures, whatever. 
Yeah, I was just going to add on to that. He wouldn't give you the test if he didn't think you could conquer it. He's not going to put more on you than what you can handle. Right, and he gave you the qualities. Like, if he if he said Noah build an ark, but he didn't give him any, you know, materials to use, that'd be stupid. He doesn't do that. Like, no. if he says or if he gives you a test or a challenge or something happens, the things that he's instilled in you and blessed you with are more than enough to handle those things. But so often, because of this, we think that people should, and for everybody listening, I'm talking about this as in my phone, for if you're just listening, but we think that we have, like, we need more than what we already have to make a difference. Like, oh, if I just made more money, I could donate more. Or if I just did this, then I could have this. It's like, no, no. You are blessed with more than enough to handle all your current, you know, circumstances. And I think that's so easy for us to look outside and say, well, no wonder they're successful. Like they grew up and their, you know, parents, they made millions of dollars. So like, of course, the race is a little bit easier, right? Not saying that that's not true because, you know, we understand that, you know, if you're blessed with certain things that you can maybe be, you know, get somewhere quicker. But what I've been big on lately is ownership and personal responsibility. We all have the ability to make the right decisions, no matter where you start, right? Like no matter where your journey starts, you know, you could be 10 laps behind somebody just because of your circumstances, but you can make consistent decisions, consistent right decisions each day that will allow you to get to that point at some time. Um, Cause I just think so much lately we we've kind of turned away from the whole like, I am just who I am and that's that instead of looking at it and saying, I can grow myself and I can grow my career. I can grow anything and everything. If I am choosing to make those right decisions, you know, I mean, I don't know what y'all's thoughts are on that, but like, I think too often we look for outside help instead of just taking personal responsibility and making the correct decisions. You got to number one, you got to own your stuff, right? So there's this part of, I think, with kids and you see it, uh, I see it at a coach level where with, I guess, athletes, if you mess up right on the field, let's say for football, right? If you're supposed to run a post route and you run a, a dig or whatever, a 10 and in, there's no way around that. You messed up. But what oftentimes you'll see is, oh, you gave us this. This means we have, no, 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 no. You have a post. You were supposed to run it and people deflect. Well, adults do that too, right? This project was due at eight. I needed this in by eight. Oh, I thought you said by nine. Nope, it's in an email. It's by eight. Instead of going, yes, sir, I apologize. It'll be, I, I'm on it. I messed up. Those words. I messed up. Okay. Now, obviously, like in the in a business world, if you mess up consistently, turn the page, you get fired. Um, that's on you, though, because you're consistently messing up. But Mitch, I'm about to hit you with a quote, and I think you're going to appreciate it. It's from an all-time classic movie. It's from Brink, and it's when they're it's when they're and I, we may have just lost half our listeners right there. If you haven't seen the movie Brink, it is on Disney Plus. It's when um, it is not that quote, but it's close. It's when he's out there, him and his dad are outside the garage, and he's thinking about quitting skating, and he, you know, um, his dad says to him, you know. 
what you do does not define who you are. And he was like, that's such a life moment for him. And I think that's very, very important. Meaning what you do for your profession does not define who you are as a person. Okay. So that was one of my, I'm just kind of recapping here. The second thing that I want to talk about before I get my little view on failure is the view of others. And you're talking about social media being the, this being your phone. And I hammer kids on this all the time. And I want to just address it right now. What you see on Instagram and Facebook is just like Dansby said, it is a highlight reel of somebody's life, right? You are posting the best parts of your life. No one is sitting there posting when you just got done, um, you know, from a, a hard workout and you're not feeling great and you're over a trash can or you wake up and you don't feel good and you just take a selfie and post it. Nobody's posting that. People are posting stuff that makes you go, oh, wow, like they're doing this. I want to do that or that looks cool or, you know, that that's like the whole thing of people go to events just for the pictures, not even to enjoy the event. And so I tell kids this all the time. You got it. I mean, Instagram, my, the biggest, the best thing I think Instagram is doing is blocking the number of likes that you get. It'll just say Dansby Swanson and others. And they're starting to slowly roll it out. And kids are going to get pissed because I, I say this point all the time. Kids will post pictures and it won't get the certain amount of likes they want and they take it down. They just delete it. And it's like kids, you'll see, you'll look at some um, kids IG and they'll have four pictures up and all of them have over 300, 400 likes because they're their best pictures. So they keep them. Right. And it's like, you're so kind of insecure on your own life. Like you're posting stuff that you're doing for other people. Yeah. Well, how I would phrase it is like your worth isn't wrapped up in likes. Your worth isn't wrapped up in likes. Like your worth is not wrapped up in how many cars you sell. Like your worth as a human being on this earth is not wrapped up by what you do, how well you do it. Okay. Now we all strive to be great at what we do for sure. Right. But especially with the social media, it's, it's linked. And that's why we're, we're in such a day and age where mental health is such a big deal, which it is. And, you know, I'm a big proponent in, you know, therapy and, and um, allowing people to see their worth for who they are, because once you're free from someone else defining your worth to you are defining your worth with, you know, the one above who, you know, made each of us, then your life will start to flourish. But too often, like you said, we're using social media as our means of where we're grabbing our worth. Who doesn't like, you know, feeling good about themselves for sure with whatever. But as long as you can separate that from my true worth, then that's okay. You know what I mean? Like, I, I just think that kids, and I hope that everyone's listening and showing their kids this part because, and teaching their kids that they're not, you know, their worth is not wrapped up in, what social media says it's just not and it's it's like a tr it's a true issue in society right now that yeah. i really hope that we can teach kids and help them get past it because i think that that's what also allows them to not be confident in themselves is it's it's deterring them away from what their dreams truly are because that's not cool yeah and that is like such a such a i tell kids all the time because i always talk about uh, when I'm teaching 
uh, human geography. I talk about technology, the advancement of culture and all that stuff. And one of the biggest things of the advancement of culture is technology, right? Which, and these individuals who, you know, you always hear the baby boomer versus millennial argument, which I could have an entire podcast on that. But these kids are growing up with technology that these baby boomers or older generation could never grasp having at that age. You're talking about some people who are arguing with kids that grew up with, you know, the iPhone when they were born before we even reached the moon or the microwave was invented. You cannot compare those two. You cannot compare those two at all. Cars are starting to self-drive themselves. You cannot compare those two, right? And so I think that's a big thing when you're looking at these kids, but also when you see this rise of social media, you've seen the suicide rates of kids start to rise. And it is incredible how fast. Look at um, certain social medias and how many kids get in trouble in school for recording something in school and putting it on a social media or putting it on Snapchat. It spreads like wildfire. Because everybody is accountable for everything that they're that they're recording, um, and so that that's becoming this huge problem with kids. And I always tell I tell my students that you're going to be studied. You're going to be studied because people are going to want to know in 50 years what was it like in the true technological advancement age. What was it like? What what was going on? Because like people who were born in the 90s or even the 80s. You, well, really not the 80s, I'd say late, maybe 89 to 90s. You have the best of both worlds. Us three understand what it was like. I remember opening up the cabinet door and finding your number on the cabinet door and calling you guys and having to talk to your parents to see if you could, if we could hang out. I used to have all y'all's numbers memorized, bro. I know. That, I still got a couple of them. That's okay. I still remember my, uh, uh, my, first like girlfriend like back in sixth grade i still remember her number because sorry mal sorry mal sorry mal but it's it's crazy how you you remember stuff like that and i remember i'll never forget i I think i was in the first grade and i was sitting at the counter and this is classic sherry right here my mom is making me write down maybe no i was kindergarten she's making me write down my name my address and my phone number like the end of kindergarten. Both your parents' phone numbers. Yeah, both your parents' phone numbers. And I remember sitting at the, it was a green counter. It was a little uh, bar stool in, in front of the kitchen. I said, Mom, why do I have to do this? And she's like, if you ever get lost, like you need to know this information. Yep. And I was thinking, man, this is so dumb. I don't want to do this. But I remember it. And so kids, you know, we went from that to, <laughs> I joke about this all the time, on your cell phone, you used to have that little uh, globe. And if you press it, that means you're going to the internet. And anytime you press it, your heart rate shot up to probably 200 and you're slamming on the end button because heaven forbid you have access to Wi-Fi on your phone. I know. I know. But that was the blessing, man. We used to have to to, uh, pay per text. Yes. You just have to pay to download a text message. It was like like 200 limit. And after that one, it was like 10 cents a pop. 10 cents a pop. And we, I was playing with my brother, and we got in some trouble a couple of times. But Free. that was like right when tech, T9, T9 Word or whatever. Mm-hmm. How awesome T9 was. Yeah. Free yeah, calling nice after level, nine? Bro. Yeah. You should have a call we for free lot, after lot, nine? A lot, lot of uh, team conference calls po- past nine o'clock. Yes. Yeah. 
going to go grab the phone to call somebody and, and your mom's on it on the phone and i'm like i hope that i can like make this phone call real quick to like talk to this girl because i you know like because <laughs> that was such a thing dude. and then like, <laughs> your mom gets on the phone and she just says get, get off, off the phone just get off mom yeah. get yes, off ma'am. the phone <laughs> yeah. Bro, but, but, but that was such a blessing because and too like i mean you guys know whenever y'all come over the house like if we decided that day to do any type of like video games, if mom would go, Hey, your dad's almost home. Have y'all been outside yet? And we would look at each other and be like, no, nope. it was like immediately. Down to the basement. Because, because, but I'd say we were so much would have rather been outside. The only time we played video games is when it was pouring down rain. Or yep. super hot. And, that, and that's when uh, the OG Nintendo uh, MLB game me and Dan Yeah, the RBI baseball <laughs> on the on the original Nintendo. But yeah. even at, at your crib, when it was pouring down rain, we'd be on the soft toss machine in the basement, bro. Yes. Soft toss machine, playing like, we loved it. We'd play softball in the house. And like um, and like that was so 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 good for us. I mean there's science and uh, we've talked about the God shaped brain before like the, the book. I'm listening to it on audio. And that's why they talk about the number one uh, disruptor for kids is we're, we're developing our brains so fast when you're young because you're taking in all this information mm-hmm. and the more time you're spending in front of a screen the more like negative impacts it has on your brain but like that's all we do now is, is lowers your screen. creativity virtual learning I mean I get it but virtual like right now I get it obviously but right. virtual learning learning through a TV screen video games and the scary part is, is people like oh yeah well of course if you're playing like war games you know and this you know violent content like that's going to have such a negative effect but studies even show that it's not even necessarily the content it's just being in front of a screen and taking information that way is so negative on your development and that's how we started to develop you know a lot of the disorders as well and it's like it really makes you think about when you have kids like how you're going to handle and manage uh you know t you know being in front of a tv and and taking information in that way because Y'all know, y'all know if y'all were out to dinner with Nancy and Cooter, we weren't, it wasn't like, here's this, this tablet to, you know, for you shut up. Stop talking. Yeah. It was, it was, you're going to sit there and you're going to be present and you're going to listen to adult conversation. And if you're acting up, we're going to the car. (laughs) You have to learn how to sit there and enjoy dinner. And if you're done, you can't go play. You got to sit there. Yeah. Because that's life, bro. That's, that's life. Exactly. Because if we're always having to be distracted, which is another thing that I, I had to get through was like, if I'm sitting there, I don't just need to be distracted. Like I can yeah. sit there and enjoy being present and being okay with the thoughts that come through my, they may be weird, but guess what? They're just thoughts. They yeah. go through, you know, here and then you say, oh, it's just thought. And it goes out the other side. But so often we're like, commercial well yeah. like bro even today i'm at the yeah. beach or whatever and i got in the elevator and just like anytime somebody come in i'll just check my phone like just to like not even looking at it, like anything but like just caught myself like oh let me just like act like this person's not even here like mm-hmm. like it's still like even for us like it happens bro and it's like what's so wrong with me like talking to this dude on the elevator Having yeah. a conversation with a human being. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just, like, just being present. 
yeah, I would just challenge everybody that's listening to make decisions to slowly but surely liberate yourself from like always having to be distracted. Um, you know, just really enjoy being away from your phone, being enjoy being away from a screen, um, just for bits at a time. Like challenge yourself in the morning when you get up to, to not be on a screen for the first, you know, 30, 45 minutes of your day, hour. Like it, it's tough for me because just right eat. now, like days get longer, I get tired, I wake up and I'm like, I just want to lay here for a little bit. But just yeah. challenge yourself to to really take advantage of the morning time and how to set yourself up for success that day. Um, but also just in daily life, because I really think it teaches a lot of people patience. It teaches a lot of people uh, a lot Discipline. of the emotions I think we struggle with. Discipline, uh, even just empathy and sympathy, you know, because we don't have time for other things. We're just always worried about whatever this is going on instead of actually, um, you know, like really understanding a person or, you know, being sympathetic or empathetic for somebody. Uh, I really do think it would change not only people's lives individually, but if, you know, collectively, if we really stood up for that, that it, you know, we would change the world. And kind of a segue into this. So we've talked about how much technology has changed uh, throughout our lives, but I think there's another one that we talk about a lot that people want to hear about from our perspective. And that is mental health. Um, not just mental health as far as, you know, keeping your brain active, exercised and, you know, healthy as far as a brain goes, but the issues that you do, that every, every human deals with on a daily basis. And I think this is an important topic. Like you said, for men, it's coming out more and more because I 100%, I still think when we were kids, it was a stigma. Like you're a guy, guys are tough. You don't uh uh-uh. go and be a man right and then now you have this generation where again they're being brought up with all these uh, ideas on mental health it's being talked about and they don't the like i'll say this for football it is not the same as even when we were in high school in high school dude it was tough it was sorry you don't like it sorry you're hurting sorry figure it out you don't feel well, sorry, figure it out, get up. Like, it's that kind of thing. And now, mm-mm, it's not like that. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but I, I just think that there's been such a shift in mental health for men. And some people our age still try to act like, you know, they're invincible or they're not struggling where I know I, there's days where I struggle with my mental health. There's days I'm sure you two do it, but I'm also not afraid to talk about it, you know, so you have to be able to voice your opinion, right? So, and I have these conversations in my class as well when speaking on mental health. I'm like, you know, I tell my students, if something's going on, holla, like talk to me. This is a safe space. You can, whatever you want to say, I got you. Now, obviously there's an extent where I am a professional, but if, you know, if you do have some issues, like let's talk about it. Like I'm not just here with random facts of history. I am, but I would like to be, you know, have a personal conversation with you and help you out. What what is your all yeah, what are your opinions on mental health and how it has changed in your lifetime? Well I would I mean I'll I'll be very brief because I think getting right to the point of mental health, I think everyone and I mean everyone suffers with something. And I think that that's that's the first thing that has really freed me up with a lot of stuff is everyone has something. Mm-hmm. Everybody. 
okay, I don't care who it is. Everyone has something. And that should be liberating in itself that you're not the only one, right? Like you are not the only one. You're not alone. And the second thing is I guarantee you whatever it is that you have, you shouldn't be ashamed of, you know, even just, you know, when I remember there were some things that I just felt like I was just really ashamed of in my life and wouldn't really share with anybody. End up having a conversation with Mal about them because she kind of like forced them out of me, which I'm glad she did. And at the end of it, she goes, seriously, those, those things is what you were ashamed of. And I was like, yeah. And she goes, that's, that's nothing at all because we are led to believe, you know, by the enemy who for us, you know, they need to be, you know, evil right it tells us which is the father of lies like it tells us that we should be ashamed of those things like because it dwells in darkness but as soon as you bring them to light and you talk about them more often man talk about breaking free like yeah. and, and that's why i would say this people you're not alone because everyone deals with something and b whatever it is guarantee you that if you share it to people, they will not shame you for it. So you don't need to be ashamed of it yourself. If you do share it with somebody and they shame you for it, cut those people out. Like they don't need to be a part of it. If you have those people in your life that you're trying to confide in or confide in, they, if they turn, if they make you ashamed of it, you got to let those people go because those aren't people you need to be surrounding yourself by. And yeah. And like, I'll say like, my kids all the time, like, it was so funny uh, seeing my kids because uh, last semester they were, uh, that this is, this is when I made the decision to go bald. And they were there, they were with me. And, you know, yes, we would co- you love- yeah, we would come in. I, look, guys, you know, let's, let's assess. Let's look at this. Let's have, a, let's have a 10 minute discussion, pros and cons, should I do it or not? And a lot of people were for it. A lot of people were against it. And then I did it, right? Which, for any bald brother listening out there, I feel you. Sometimes you just gotta let it go. Sometimes you just gotta let it go. Everybody's gotta hang it up at some point. <laughs> Everybody's gotta hang it up. You can't, you know, grow up, Peter Pan. Grow but, up, Peter Pan. <laughs> but with them, um, I caught a lot of flack for it. It's like, oh, you went bald, ha ha, you don't have any hair. I'm like, yeah, I don't have any hair, so what? And they're like, oh, yeah. Like, I can't help my genetics. You know what I mean? Like, you think I was like, yo, losing hair? Dope. You think I like waking up and scratching my head and my hair falling out of my hand? No, I feel like a dog. I don't like that. That's tough. Yeah. Yeah. I was just going to feed off of Dansby. And, uh, you know, it is important having that time to yourself and having those true, honest discussions with yourself about, you know, your true self and what you might be going through. Um, but I was just going to kind of shed on the importance of like speaking to someone about it, whether that be like, I know I can come to y'all with anything and some people may not be blessed with two best friends like that, but you know, a parent or an uncle or a coach or something. And then it's like, you build it up so much. And then when you finally are able to get it out, it's just like, just like, man, I feel so much better, you know? And and people like, like the people you come out to, like to Mason's point is they're going to love you for you. Like, I know y'all are going to love me regardless. And it's just not being so frightened of 
judgment or someone passing judgment because at the end of the day it goes back to Dan's. You said the only person who's going to judge you that matters is man. Mm-hmm. And I would highly recommend the people to uh, like truly seek out a therapist. Like there's this negative connotation in our society. It's like, oh, you're going to a therapist. Like ever since I started seeing a therapist, like my whole life has completely transformed. Now, now he's a, he's a faith oriented guy. So we talk a lot about like being my true self who God made me to be and, you know, really wrapping my identity in, in God. Uh, but I, I would definitely advise people to seek out a therapist because I know the difference it's made for me. Um, I know the difference it's made for other people around me. Uh, and I just think that it can for a lot of people. Like it, it's a growing industry and it's nothing to be ashamed of because at the end of the day, it's just like seeking out a physical, uh, you know, a personal trainer. It, it's the same thing. It's just for your mind, which controls more than, you know, your body does. So it's like take to get rid of the whole stereotype that like mental, it's not, I, I wouldn't even call it mental illness. Like I don't like people. It, it, it's it's growing your mind it's growing your spirit it's growing you know your purpose on this earth because they're all intertwined and it's not something that needs to be taken lightly yeah and i think it's important to understand like one one of our homies said it it's okay not to be okay because everybody's not okay you know as much as you want to think like, like people probably see you on tv and they're like oh this guy you know because, like, imagine when we were kids. Like, imagine you watch a Delmar Garcia Parra as a kid. Like, you're like, holy smokes. Like, this guy's probably got it all. And there's no doubt that he had his own demons every day. For You know, all of us do. So, it's oh, you're not alone in the fight. Like, it's okay to be okay. Or to not be okay, excuse me. As we wrap it up, get a little sports talk in here. All right. NBA bubble. We'll, we'll, we'll exclude MLB talk for today. NBA bubble. Who you got? Zero test. Zero positive test today. That's a that right there is a positive stat. Zero positive. Yeah, he goes, and he tweets like ten minutes later. Never mind. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> who do y'all? Who do y'all uh, think's gonna be the? I guess gonna come out on top. If everybody you know, stays got... healthy, if everybody Brown. stays healthy. It's late game. Yeah. I think I think they're I think they're the obvious. I, I think it's easy to say either the Lakers or the Clippers, right? Um, which I would very much like to see the Lakers win it. Um, being a LeBron guy, but I think I think a dark horse. Um, it's definitely Boston. I yeah. Think with their depth. I think with their depth, um, they got some real ability. And you, at this time of year, you can never count out who's got the best coach, right? And he's one of the best coaches. So I think um, I think they definitely got a shot. I'll be inter- interested to see Milwaukee. I, I think Giannis for sure is a world-class player. Um, and that he definitely probably kept up with all this stuff, but – you never know just about like teammates and, and things that they were able to do together. And if they're still going to have that same chemistry moving forward, because, you know, we had, you know, coach Bud here in Atlanta, it's a big flow chemistry type, you know, situation. And who knows if they're going to still be able to recreate that. Uh, so it's, it's going to be, 
I think it's almost harder to for whoever wins it. I think it's almost going to be harder. Uh, yeah, than a, than a normal season. Right, because I mean, it's just like you know, I said we were going to exclude MLB talk, but you may not have the most talented team, but if you just come out, keep killing it for a couple months, bro. Like you're setting yourself up for success. So I think it's going to be the same kind of thing. Like whoever can kind of get that rhythm back quicker is really going to. I, I mean, you see, it. yeah, you see that like in March Madness every year. It's like you know, some team might obviously be better, but whoever's hot at that time, bro, you can't stop. You can't stop them. Like uh, Kimball Walker and UConn might be a great example of that when they took Storm in the Big East. Oh yeah, Dude. they caught fire. I mean, even like George Mason, they're like a 12 seed, or uh, Loyola Chicago, or uh, a couple years ago. Like, there's always that team that they just click in at the right time. And they go and they shock some people. And it, it's like you can't really prepare for them because they're just on it. You know what I'm saying? Oh, so. bro. The, the Nats last year mm-hmm. got hot, bro, and no one could do anything the, about it. The Eagles, <laughs> same thing. Yeah. Like, Nick Bowles found it and killed it. Like, yeah. So. Yes, All sir. Right. All right, bro. All right, see y'all. I'll see y'all Peace. in a week.